Who is the toughest possible audience to entertain? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, the gurus may be facing their biggest challenge yet bored kids. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are Stella. Hi. And Nick. Hello. It's Guru Voodoo time. That means we have a tough challenge of people at a table want to be entertained and we've got to recommend games for them, but we've never done anything quite this bad, I think. Um, none of us are actually kids at this point. Well, you're both kids to me because I'm old. <laughs> but uh, we've all been kids. You know that sullen look, right? Mm-hmm. That I don't really want to be here, that's sort of... Hmm. What's the worst age for this, do you think? I would go with around 14, 15. I'd probably think it more like 18 or 19. So like the 18, 19, that's when you know everything. Yes. 14, 15, that's just when you're really, really mad about... Life. Yeah. It's, it's, everything is unfair. Everything stinks. Teen years, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Do you see this often at the cafe? Sometimes, yeah. I definitely like see, especially like generally as a server walking by, and there's a guru at a table, and there's like let's say six teenagers and like two of them are sitting there glaring with their arms crossed and I'm just like oh I feel bad the, the worst is when one of those is on their phone as well yes that would be the worst because you can't get them off their phone mm-hmm. I mean it's it's no. it's rude but you can't tell them it's rude mm-hmm. do you see it in your personal life at all or have you in, uh, in ages past maybe when you were that age I mean I feel like it when I was 15, 16, I would have been, I've always been kind of more enthusiastic than is good for me, probably. So I would have been the one like, who was annoying the guru with like, what else can you teach me? What else can you teach me? What's next? What's next? More than the sullen board one. But believe me, it's not annoying to us in the slightest. <laughs> it really isn't. For me, I was always the one convincing my friends to play games with me. So I think it's complete opposite of that type of teenager. <laughs> I was the one that was suggesting game nights and showing up with some games in my collection. Tonight. What was Parties. your What was your success rate like? It was good. We we played a lot of simpler games. But there we had like weekly big epic risk meetups and that in high school. Yeah, we did that. But you did sometimes have that one friend who was just not into it, not feeling it, and they'd usually just sit out and watch a movie, which was good for us. I suppose so. I mean, better not to have them in the group at all. And when when you're at home, you can do that easily enough. When you're at a say a board game cafe, though, for example, not quite such an easy thing to do. They're there. They're with the group, and in all likelihood, they didn't especially want to be there. They're there on some sort of obligation. That is what we're facing this week, and we've got two main approaches to try. We're going to, we're going to try the possibility of pulling out something that'll make everybody else invested and interested, and hopefully make things look inviting and attractive. The second approach is to try to appeal specifically to that kid, bring out something that's going to appeal to them in particular. Let's see how we do. All right, option one, try to bring out something that's going to get everybody else into it, so into it, in fact, that they will have no choice but to be caught up in the enthusiasm and want to join in themselves. What games would you bring over to try and make that happen? Cards Against Humanity. No, Stella. <laughs> From behind the microphone, no. <laughs> never, you, never joke. You, you know what? I hate to say this, PT, but um, it's some, sometimes that's actually the best approach. I think it would definitely work. It has, it's got zero <laughs> investment required. Mm-hmm. They're just there. All they have to do is throw random racist things into the middle, mm-hmm. and it's fine. They could be participating with everybody else. Yeah. 
Uh, it, for a serious answer, if I was to say one, um, if it was a, a smaller group, I'd probably bring over something like just especially if it's, they just sat down, something as simple as boom, boom, balloon. Like that loud pop that it makes when they go, the, the stress of pushing in the little pegs, once it finally pops, they're going to smile. You can't help it. And then they're kind of like a nice breaker game like that. If it's a larger group, I'd bring over my go-to for larger groups regardless is Avalon, but especially with... Um, that kid who doesn't really want to play along or he seems a little bit down, you give him this role and the other people are going to be forced to talk to him and he's going to have to answer them. It's it's forcing the person to play along in the same game that all his friends are playing. The game of Avalon is really rough when there's one person who doesn't want to talk to anybody. Everyone would just think they're the traitor and they're, 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 <laughs> the, they're one of the bad guy's best friends. I mean, Isn't there a chance point. they might alienate them even further though? Uh, maybe. Have you seen, I, I haven't actually tried that particular one. I've always mm-hmm. gone with, I guess, more... Uh, more more accessible simple games if it's a group of six or seven and the all but one of them are really excited to be there and playing the games yeah i'll i'll go with the majority and just hope that that guy will enjoy the time with his friends enough and get into character eventually yeah i mean i'd be more likely to bring over like you said buster balloon which i kind of hate because it gives me like a heart attack just walking by (laughs) but um like say anything game of things um stuff like that to get them started riffraff yeah Yeah, riffraff is cool actually that's something that i just started picking up as a teach even like if i if i think they seem like a creative bunch i might bring over concept because mm-hmm. that's a personal p- favorite of mine and something that like it doesn't really matter if one person's not playing along eventually i think their their eyes will stray over and they'll start trying to figure it, figure it out in their head those riddles regardless. are hard to resist yeah. Yeah, yeah it gets to the point you have concept on the table even somebody who's not really into it will be sort of glancing over it yeah if everybody's having trouble figuring something out that kind of dares them yeah. to say, well, I, I can do this. Yeah. I can get this. These people are dumb. I can figure this out. Yeah. Especially if they're a teenager who knows everything. And yeah. after after a few rounds, force them to read a card and start push, putting down the question mark and the exclamation marks, and they'll eventually get into it. One that I often bring over for groups like that is Cockroach Poker. Yeah, Because it's a game that is about talking, mm-hmm. but even somebody who's very, very sullen and doesn't want to talk doesn't have to say much. Mm-hmm. They just have to slide a card over to somebody and say, it's a bat. But, of course, they have to look the other person in the eyes while they're saying it. Mm-hmm. And then comes the interplay and that, that sort of sublingual communication that happens. And sullenly playing that game is a great strategy. Yeah. Poker face. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, what are some other games that will get people talking but not in a huge way? Something like Say Anything is a good one for that. Because, you're, firstly, you don't necessarily have to talk. You just have to write things down. And there's no right or wrong answers in these. They're just writing down answers to questions that you think somebody else would like more. It's uh, it, it has the advantage of Cards Against Humanity and that's fairly low involvement, but there's more of them in there because they actually are writing down specific answers and they are being invited in to join and to participate with a particular person, write down something that they're going to like. And at some point, when their turn comes around, everybody else is going to be trying to give in answers that they like and they're going to have to pick their favorite. And that's very much a game where players are invited and made to feel welcome in that sort of place, even if they're not necessarily that into it. Mm-hmm. I suppose a cooperative game might also be a way of doing that, but uh, honestly, I'm a bit worried that something like that would get a bit alpha player-ish, mm-hmm. and not necessarily by the other players actually being all bossy and stuff, telling people what to do. It's just that if, if, if that one sort of sullen player doesn't want to participate, then it's going to be up to the other players to make anything happen on their turn. And yeah. it's really easy for the other players to be like, oh, they're just going to do this. And then that person really doesn't need to get engaged. And it's, that further alienates it's, them, it's too. It's reinforcing in that way, for sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. To keep them 
eh, they'll just tell me what to do and like not really invest their time or their interest in the game. And and similarly, the other player's not really investing in them. I mean, it can, that could actually be really alienating in that case. So I mm -hmm. think you probably want to stay away from co-op games if that is going to be your way of trying to invite people in. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's try the, the other tactic, the idea of approaching our withdrawn, sort of sullen, not happy person a bit more directly and trying to get a sense of what they want. Uh, obviously, once you know what kind of game somebody likes, there's a ton of stuff that you can do, depending on what sort of direction you want to, uh, what, what sort of direction they, they, they want to go in. But getting there is the big challenge in the first place. How can you approach somebody who has that sort of demeanor in a way that's not going to be condescending, not going to be alienating, and help them to sort of open up and provide you with what you need to recommend games they're going to like? I think uh, the first thing to keep in mind is is to read the room and be careful with a person like that. There might be a reason they don't feel like talking that day. Maybe they're just a shy person and they have some insecurities about talking in front of a group, talking to a stranger. Um, in that moment, you're kind of a person of authority, a person of power to them. Mm. So like sometimes you have to be wary of, of people's sort of feelings around that. Um, I've actually made that mistake where there was a person who I later found out was actually shy and I thought he was aloof and arrogant and stuff. And I felt awful when I learned what a sweetheart he was in the end, but it, that's an easy mistake to make. Yeah, sometimes really just catching their eye and smiling or making a stupid face or whatever <laughs> will we'll get them on your side, giving them a little wink and a little something just to just give them a like sort of nonverbal, hey, I see you there, like I know you're here too, and like mm -hmm. it's cool if you don't want to talk to me, that's all right. But if you do, you know, and kind of talk to them as a group and then maybe as a little aside, you can be like, do you have a preference at all? And if they're like, no, 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 okay, cool, then I'm going to do this. But maybe that gives them that one second opportunity to speak up and be like, oh, uh, yeah, or no, or, you know. Is, it seems like giving them that out is really yeah. important, yeah. giving them the option to not have to say something if they don't know because, uh, again, a lot of people, even you know, whether they're into it or not into it, they come to a place like Snakes and Lattes, they see that massive wall of games. They have no idea what to make of it. Mm -hmm. And that intimidation can sort of drive them further in to that alienated sort of feeling. So any other tips for getting people to sort of open up in that respect. Should you try to get the other players in to, uh, to, to drawing them out, or should you approach them, you know, just you? I think that's a little condescending to tell their friends to tell them to speak up. Mm. It seems, that seems a little bit rude and like, hey, right. tell your friend to like participate. That's not, that's not really your place. I think it's okay to, to speak directly to that person and be like, oh, you, you haven't said anything. Does this work for you? Or have you played any of these before? Is this new for you? Because mm. literally some people come into Snakes and Lattes and haven't played a board game in their life. It happens. Kids like grow up with video games. They grow up with movies, TVs, playing sports. Some people have literally never played a board game. So to ask them, what game do you want to play? They literally have no answer sometimes. So to, to kind of be condescending and assume that they're being a jerk or being arrogant because they just don't have an answer because they don't have an answer and that's okay. Mm. So I think then going then to... Well, what, what do you normally like play? Do you play video games? Cool. Do you play sports? That, that can bring them in and be like, okay, well, we have games that are related to that. Does that sound good for you? Like, do you like... Exposing somebody's into uh, like Legend of Zelda. Sure. What, what kind of games would you bring up for somebody like that? Something maybe like, uh, I've never played it, but that one uh, Escape the Cave where there's a boulder chasing you. It's kind of like Indiana right, the adventurers. That one. It just sounds. It seems like it has a cool theme going on. It's it's like an interesting looking game. 
um, and they'd probably play along with it. I think something, anything with short turns as well. So you can, they can see their friends take a short, effortless little turn. When it gets to them, maybe they make a little action. And with each passing turn, maybe they get more interest in the game and opening up about it uh, as well. And what if they like stuff like Candy Crush or you know, really nice sort of casual things where you get to make combinations and score points? Yeah, maybe something like Set. Or Splendor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Splendor actually does involve making combinations of jewels and yeah. scoring points for them, so it can work out really well. If they're into sports, you can bring out uh, NHL Icebreaker or Chaos Ball or something crazy like that. Just as long as you get them talking and you can... Talking about something they want to talk about, not mm. necessarily about games all the time, but if you get them talking and they kind of say more than two words about a topic... Try and extrapolate from that and figure out a game that could go along with the theme or if they really like a mechanic of something they used to play as a kid, like a, a video game, try and set something with the same type of mechanic involved. And even if the game turns out not to be a great fit, the fact that you paid attention, the fact that you listened, the fact that you cared can go a long way towards helping somebody to feel less alienated, less alone mm -hmm. in that situation. And it'll be a friendly face for when they come back the next time. If they do come back, they'll be for like, sure. oh, I remember that guy. I'm going to go up and talk to him now because I know that he's not going to be condescending or a jerk or make me feel bad about my lack of interest in board games. So which of these two approaches do you think would have worked, worked best with people if you've, if, you've, if you've had to deal with generally? Which, which of those two approaches do you think is, is, is ideal or is there one? I think it's ideal to address the group as a whole first and see if you can get them all chit-chatting as a group. Hey, you guys, what do y'all like doing together? What have you all played? Have you been here before? What did you pick off the wall? Cool. And then if you notice somebody specifically uninvolved, giving them a little wink, a little smile. Cool. Have you been, been here before? Have you played a game before? Cool. And you can tell from two questions if they want to interact with you or they don't. And then you can just, I think, letting it be for at least the first round, grab a game that works for the whole group. Then maybe on your second round, that person will now be invested. Oh, okay, cool. I get what we're doing here. I get what this spaces and then maybe the next time around they'll be a little bit more yeah i like that or i didn't like that or and even from those few questions you've asked them you can sense that after if they're making eye contact with you they're interested in what you have to say as well and if the first game you recommend doesn't go over that well maybe offer breaking it up into two games and if they just want to play off against one little person in a, a light little game while well, the rest of the people enjoy something that they're actually wanting to be taught and learn a more deeper game Whereas they might want to just go back to an, an old fallback. It's an easy game for them as well. I guess, the uh, again, the common element in all this is that you have to make them feel that it's okay to be who they are, to feel the way they feel. No matter what they ask for or choose or do in their time spent at the cafe, that it's, it's just as valid as anyone else's time there. They're there for free time, right? They're there to have fun. It shouldn't feel like a chore. It shouldn't feel like anybody's pressuring them to do anything. Yeah. If you're not interested, cool. Like, you're choosing to be here. You're choosing to do what you want with your time. To, to pressure somebody into having fun is, is silly. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. If you've got an unusual group of players with a mix of different tastes and you'd like to see the gurus do some recommendation voodoo, poke us on our Facebook page or tweet it to us at SnakesCast. We're always up for a challenge, and we'd love to hear from you. Nick, Stella, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank Cheers. you very much. Snake's Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week. Game on. Game on.